I'd like to say good morning to the class and welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield class. This is a school and it's not a church and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and seven other foreign countries. The Southfield class was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean of the Southfield class, Dr. Marvin Lewis, the President, Dr. Edward Yule, the Vice President, Dr. Ronald Atkins, and the Superintendent, Dr. Jarrell Lewis. In this school, we use the truth correct and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove than neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that have produced the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the truth an original name of our Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in His pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. 
Yahweh it is not a cloud. He merely chose the cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being. That is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine vision and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself as a, in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time that he walked the earth way? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the trumpet of the Holy Name Bible. Also at the school, we teach by divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and the court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Our primary constitutional objectives and or aims of the institute are, excuse me, of the class are followed. To help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose 
through the dispensation and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the ministry of iniquity on earth through the dispensation of God. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh, Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men, whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. Ten, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the newer faith. Our watchword, peace, slogan. Speak the truth. Good morning, class. And I'd like to thank everyone for coming out and joining us for our Zoom meeting. At this time, we'll have a prayer for Dr. Anitra Morgan, followed by scripture lesson, Romans, the 14th chapter, read by Dr. Diane Atkins. Dr. Morgan. I would like to say good morning to the class. And let us call by our hearts and minds and ask Joshua to give us the strength to continue moving throughout these days that he have us on this earth. And allow us to get a more clear and a better understanding of his purpose patterns and plan and the things that are transpiring in this world. And with that, I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dr. Atkins. Good morning to the class. Good morning. I'll be reading this morning um, Romans 14th chapter. I'll be reading from the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with the ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by A.B. Trainer, the Scripture Research Association. That's Romans, the 14th chapter. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but do not judge his doubtful thoughts. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let him not, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for Yahweh hath received him. Who art who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or faileth. Yea, he shall be holding up, for Yahweh is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto Yahweh. And he that regardeth not the day, to Yahweh he doeth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to Yahweh, for he that for he eateth Yahweh thanks. And he that eateth not to Yahweh, he eateth not and giveth Yahweh thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, live unto Yahweh, 
And whether we die, we die unto Yahweh. Whether we live therefore or die, we are Yahweh's. For to this end, the Messiah both died and rose and received, that he might be the ruler both of the dead and living. But why doest thou judge thy brother? Or why doest thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of the Messiah. For it is written, as I live, saith Yahweh, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to Yahweh. So then every one of us shall give account to himself to Yahweh. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a son, stumbling block, excuse me, or an occasion to fail, fall in his brother's way. I know and, and am persuaded by Yahshua the Messiah that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with, with thy food, now walkest thou not cheerfully, destroy not him with thy food for whom the Messiah died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of Yahweh is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he that in, in all, I'm sorry, for he that in these things serveth the Messiah is acceptable to Yahweh and approved of man. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. For food destroy not the work of Yahweh. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before Yahweh. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, but whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That was Romans 14 chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Morgan and Dr. Atkins for the scripture and the prayer. Once again, we'd like to thank everyone for coming out to this morning's lecture, and we do hope that you sincerely enjoy the lecture. It is an honor and a pleasure for our first speaker to call on from our South Hill, Michigan branch, Dr. Sharon Lewis. Dr. Lewis? I would like to say good morning to the class. And again, it is always a pleasure and a privilege to be able to say anything regarding our savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Um, I enjoyed the scripture this morning. I enjoyed the prayer. I enjoyed the, the songs that were um, played from the Southfield uh, choir. I am so grateful that Yahweh has allowed me to be able to testify 
to the things that he has showed in this last age and dispensation. I am just thankful for the times that we've had as I listened, uh, me and my sister was listening to the choir and we were reflecting on those times that we were able to meet continually in-house, you know, and see the brethren face to face, to be able to embrace one another, to be able to look into one another's eyes and share the gospel. We did it so continuously. Yahweh blessed us many, 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 many years. And we are so grateful for that time. The Southfield branch since 1997, but many of us started school many years ago, attending one of these schools. Uh, for myself, it's been 40 years, 40 something years, 44 years. So it's been a long time coming in as a young person and hearing this gospel and having the power of Yahweh endowed in, upon us to keep us here because none of us stayed here in this teaching on our own. Yahweh had to give us a substance. He had to make us stable. He had to, you know, make us see something in order to, um, in order to remain, he had to seal us in this understanding. Other than that, we would have left. We just, you know, don't pat ourselves on the back at all. We take no credit for being in this teaching, especially the length of time that he has allowed us to remain. He caught us up, people. This is what he's been telling me. I captured you against your own will. You had no say in it. It was in the purpose of his, his divine purpose that he had. And um, I am just so grateful for that. You know, this, um, this teaching has been around, you know, and when you even think about the things that are coming upon the world, we were told these things. We, we can't say that we were not told. We were told that it may come a time that we would not be able to assemble. And we heard it, we listened to it, we said, that's right. But did we, I'll ask myself, I asked myself afterwards when this pandemic hit and we we're all sheltered at home, schools are closing, leases aren't renewed. And I said, did I believe that? You know, we thought we did, but we guess, I guess we never really thought that it would really, really happen. And then the way that he caused this change to occur. And as we I recently heard someone say, I don't know if I was listening to the Dallas uh, symposium that's going on, that it was 2020. And we heard that significantly in our class too. Uh, this is, we're approaching 2020. 2020 is, 2020 is vision, clear vision. So, and then 2020 itself, add those two together, that's 40. And we know since coming into this teaching, Yahweh has divine numerology too. That four or that 40 principle denotes a change. And the change actually occurred. So it's a difference now. You know, we're on Zoom. We, which right now is, we know is according to Yahweh's purpose and his plan. 
I was reading um, something that Dr. Kenley, I can't recall what, what it actually was, it said, this is literally, this is truly the true gospel of the kingdom of Yahweh. This vision, this teaching, this is the true doctrine. There are false doctrines. This is the truth given directly from Yahweh himself. This teaching has been on three ecclesiastical peace missions. It's one around the world, but look what it's doing now. Look what Yahweh has us through this Zoom um, process. You know, Zoom or honing in or seeing it clearly, you know, it's unobstructed, if you would. You know, you're able to have like a magnifying glass and it's going all across the world and every, um, country, you have the availability of having this gospel, seeing this gospel preached. So it's not a small feat. It's not a small thing whatsoever. Yahweh is merciful. And he has allowed us to be recipients of this. It doesn't matter how long we've been in this school. Yahweh called our name. We are blessed among men. That's what he's showing me. Now, I just want to go through just a little bit and, you know, have my seat, just this testimony, if you would. I want you to pull up the ages and dispensation chart. And that's like I stated that, you know, been watching the symposium in um, Dallas, you know, so today is the last day. In fact, this morning is the last morning, you know, it was good speakers and whatnot. And the topic, I'll paraphrase it, I'm not sure, but they talked about, do you know what age you're in, what time you're in, or what age and dispensation you are in? That's a paraphrase of the actual title. But uh, they talk about that. And uh, we didn't realize, and I thought as I was listening, excuse me for jumping around, but I thought as I was listening to it, um, you know, how amazing this is that we are being uh, privy to this information because the world don't really know it and they don't really know that they don't know it you see but they don't know it and and the things that are brought out in these classes are so concrete they're provable, and they are also directly from Yahweh. He's revealing himself to his son more so in this last dispensation and age that we are in. You see, he is revealing himself. That's something for us to really wrap our brains around and understand. Now, this is no different than what he's always done. He's talked to his son, his chosen ones. He has revealed things. Remember the, the disciples would come to him and say, why do you talk in parables? He said, it is for you to know and not the world. A parable is a, um, if I'm not mistaken, without looking it up, it's a secret saying, it's not readily understood. It's an analogy, it's a, a simile, it's an example, they're, they're parables, you see. So he would talk to them that, to the world that way, but to them, he spoke clearly, you see. So it was to them that he revealed things to. Let me have Colossians 1 and 26. And also let me have where it says, rightly dividing the word of truth. I think that's in Timothy, if I'm not mistaken. 
That's Colossians 1 and 26. Even the mystery. Excuse me, Dr. Lewis, can you pick up the train of thought? I always started there, but bring it up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll mm -hmm. go to 24. Okay. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Mm, I'm sorry. I'll go to 22. This is okay. Colossians 1 and 22. Mm -hmm. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard. Okay, mm -hmm. excuse me, I'm going to interrupt from time to time. If you continue in the faith, and that was at the very last scripture of our scripture reading, you know, that if you don't have faith, it's sin. If, some, if you can pick that up really quick, that was our scripture reading, Romans, the 14th chapter. I think it was the very last verse. Mm -hmm. That was Romans 14. Yes, Romans 14 and um, 23. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now, I didn't, many of us didn't know that. In other words, in Hebrews, it also states without faith, it is impossible to please him. So these schools, this vision that Yahweh has given to us, what we're learning establishes faith. You just don't get faith on your own. But the faith is established by the repetition of the preaching, the repetition of Yahweh's purpose. Example, you see the sun rise every day. You don't think about it. You don't wonder about it. You don't imagine. You don't go to bed and say, I wonder will the sun come up. You have competence. You have faith that is going to rise because you've seen it all the days of your life. So that's how Yahweh works. He give us something disputable, something that he overturned and overturned. His confidence or our confidence in him is established by seeing the repetition of his word. When he talks about he increase us, we are increased. When he talks about giving us comfort, we receive comfort. You see, it's an example after an example that Yahweh gives us. We call on him and he gives us comfort. Me and my sister was talking about when we sometimes we look back on the past and we're saddened by it. And we ask ourselves the question, why are you sad when you think about the times that we used to have sometimes? But the one thing that we do recognize is that that sadness is overrided or overrode by happiness. You don't stay sad long. You see, because Yahweh has that ability to resurrect us from the states that we be in. So that's a constant thing. We say death, burial, resurrection. We say we're low, we're down in it, but we know he's going to resurrect us. Why do we know that? Because he resurrected us time and time and time again. That's, That's cool. establishing faith. That's what mm -hmm. we see. I know Yahweh's going to come through. Mm -hmm. I know he's going. I'm going to come out of this. I know he's going to carry me. Where we get that type of confidence from? And see, and what he does is that when you believe in Yahweh and call on his name in sincerity and truth, he will answer you. 
and he will come into your heart and mind. It is not just a pigmentation of our mind. We're not just, I think I feel this way. No, you know when you feel good. You know when you've been answered. No one has to tell you that you had an answer from Yahweh. Nobody. You know, that's where we are today. So I'm just grateful. This faith is established by the repetitious preaching of this gospel. They were doing it uh, in Dallas. Again, I keep referring to that because I've just enjoyed it. I've been watching it. And, uh, you know, and they were going through when I watched the children's um, session of it. And the children would get up, little bit of kids and whatnot, and they would get up and say, blood, water, spirit, 40. And then they go to the next page. They'd be on the um, elementary chart. And they said, blood, water, spirit, 40. That was their testimony. Then they went to death, burial, resurrection. This is the repetition of Yahweh's gospel, what he did, what his mission was, what he came in. And we're seeing that reflection in everything. Everything is a death principle. There's a burial principle. There's a resurrection principle. There's a 40 principle and on and on. Events in the world follow the same pattern, a death principle, a burial principle, a resurrection. Look at those horrific tornadoes over in Canada. It was a death principle. They were buried in it. They resurrect in it. You see what I'm saying? And then you look at it and read it enough, you're going to see the 40 principle. This is Yahweh's story. And that is what establishes our faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please Yahweh. You see, he's got it all set up. So just to go a little further, go back to, um, um, let's see, go ahead and finish Colossians. Okay, Colossians 1 and 23. If ye continue in the faith, mm. grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the mm. gospel, mm -hmm. which ye have heard, mm -hmm. and which ye have preached to every creature which is yes. in heaven. Okay. Continue in the gospel. Be grounded, see, with hope. Mm -hmm. See, this was, and, and none of this we can do on our own. And how can I be in this organization all that time? Yahweh caught us up. He captured us against our own will, because our will is kind of stupid. You That's know, it. I know mine is, you know, I want to do this, I want to do it, let me do that. No, mm -mm, mm -mm. you're going to do this. I want to let me go down this road. Nope, you're going to go this way because I got a plan for you. Every last one of us have been subject to Yahweh's plan. I'm talking about landing us in this school. If you go back on your life, you had routes leading to the knowledge and understanding of your creator. You had routes, never even thought that you was on a path. And this is the path that we're on. Mm -hmm. And that goes according to his pattern, our destination, just like the children of Israel's destination was to obtain Canaan's land. Canaan's land is a type of heaven. Go to the chart. I'm just going where Yahweh leads us. Go over there to um, the tabernacle, the migration chart, um, the Moses chart. If you can do that first. And I hope I'm not jumping around. I'm just grateful today. I'm very, very thankful for the things that he's done for me and my house. See, this house, this flesh, this body, 
in the talks I just read a scripture that says, at that instantaneous revelation, Yahweh will judge you for the things done in your body. See, this is your house. That's what we're being judged on. And that's why I want to go to that ages and dispensation because we're in the, we're in a time, people. We are in a time and we know what age we're in. That many people don't in the world, but we know Yahweh revealed it to us. But this chart here, this elementary chart is what we call it, titled Elohim, the archetype original pattern of the universe. And this here is showing the uh, migration, if you would, from Egypt at the bottom there, you know, being a dark place coming up out of that. The wilderness, which is likening to the uh, court roundabout, going according to the tabernacle pattern. The wilderness, which is likened to the holy place. Let me stop right there and explain it because it's so, if there's anyone new and relatively new, it's important to understand this process or this pattern. You know, the Egypt, the court roundabout, and you may as well go to the tabernacle chart for me to show this. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, so that tabernacle pattern being the most holy place, holy place and court roundabout. Egypt is likened to the court roundabout. It's a dark place. It's depicted dark on that chart, the Moses chart. You see, that's where that's depicted, going according to the migration. The holy place is typical of the wilderness of Sinai. The most holy place is typical of the Canaan's land. So go back to the Moses chart. So Egypt is a dark place at the bottom, typified as I state the court roundabout and the vessels therein, you can just describe it to a T right there. I'm not gonna go through that right now. The wilderness of Sinai with the children of Israel was first in Egypt. Yahweh, by his promise, was going to deliver them by the hand of Moses. It was truly Yahshua that was delivering them. Typifies the wilderness of Sinai, which typifies the holy place. Canaan's land was their destination. They were coming out of darkness, hell, and the grave, which was Egypt going to Canaan's land. Canaan's land was a type of heaven, milk and honey in the land of milk and honey, if you would. They didn't have to build their homes. They didn't have to till the heart for the ground. Everything was already prepared for them. It's a type of heaven. We talk about the uh, wilderness of Sinai when Moses had to went up and saw the burning bush and Yahweh says, take the shoes off your feet for the place where you stand is, is holy ground. See, typifying right there that that wilderness of Sinai was the holy place. So they're going according to the track or for, according to this pattern of the tabernacle, court roundabout, holy place, most holy place. Now, we're still on that destination. Coming out of this world, we're still on that path. Our objective is to obtain heaven. But the thing about this trek that we're following is that your obtainment has to occur in the physical first. I'm sorry, in the physical, psychologically, and spiritually first. 
where you're at physically. Well, I'm still living, I live in Southfield. You know, this is where I'm at. You don't see me moving, but psychologically and spiritually, we're on a track, we're on a path, we're on a destination. And that destination is understanding our creators, he really is and actually exists, which will allow us to obtain heaven while we're in this flesh. Now go back to the ages and dispensation chart. I just hope that I'm not, you know, jumping around and hope someone can follow me. Um, but, uh, you know, just to state the things that Yahweh has shown through this divine vision and revelation. Can I have the ages and dispensation chart? So this chart here is showing forth the creation which abides within Yahweh or eternity. And on this chart, there's seven ages and seven dispensations. At the left side of this chart, the word says beginning. On the right side of the chart, the word says ending. And all around this chart, at the bottom, it says the cloud symbolizing eternity. So this cloud or this orange part of this chart is typifying of a cloud. Everything within the cloud or that blue part of the chart is denoting everything that abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh, you see. So the beginning is not, it's the beginning of this um, creation, not the beginning of Yahweh, because Yahweh has always existed. You see, he always was, he always will be. In this particular plan of Yahweh, this pattern and his purpose, he has ordained seven ages, as I stated, and seven dispensations. An age is approximately 2,000 years long, so there are timetables in that. A dispensation is the divine order of affairs ordained by Yahweh, or in other words, the events, the actions. I'll use this word, the disposition in that age, things that went on in that age, you see. Now, this he says, well, I don't have a clue what you're talking about, but Yahweh has, uh, Yahweh has made the simple things to confound the mighty. And when he reveals these things to us, we, we end up saying, I see, they are simple. So we have here the first age, and it... Um, just I need my glasses. <laughs> They're back there in, on my bedroom thing. And so the first age is a creative age. And it's the angelic. Then you see the dot, 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 dot broken line. And then you see physical creation. That simply means, and on the side you see Garden of Eden. That simply means that Yahweh drew the physical right out of the angelic creation or the spiritual creation. This particular age has no time, none whatsoever. The clock wasn't ticking. There was no time established. It was a spiritual age. It was a spiritual time, you see. It's called the creative age, if you will, because Yahweh did the creation of the heavens and the earth. He created the man and he put him in the garden. And so he created the man, Adam, took the woman, Eve, out of his body and placed him in the garden. You see, that's the beginning. That's why you have the garden of Eden. 
there was no time. There was no, uh, um, the sun did not go down. The sun was in its zenith, you see? It just stayed, zenith is like 12 noon, the middle, just the top of the sky, you see? It didn't rotate. It was always day. There was no darkness. There was no night, if you would. See, they were innocents in that state. See what I'm saying? This is where they were, drawn right on out from the spiritual angelic creation. You see, Adam and Eve lived there, and Adam, they were in a heavenly state. They were innocents. And that angelic creature, remember I said the physical was drawn right out of the angelic. And that war in heaven, which is listed over there in Revelations seventh chapter, I believe it says, it was a war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought and the devil fought and prevailed not, the devil didn't. Well, he was cast out of heaven. When he was cast out of heaven, he is in, he is right there to deceive Eve. Let me have over there Genesis, the third chapter. I think it's the third chapter. That's Genesis 3 and 1. Mm -hmm. Now the serpent okay. was more subtle than any beast of the field which Yahweh Elohim had made. Mm -hmm. And he said unto the woman, Hath Elohim said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. Elohim hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. The serpent said unto the woman, this is holy name, mm -hmm. no death will you die. Mm -hmm. For Elohim doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as Elohim, knowing good and evil. Mm -hmm. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked mm -hmm. and they sewed fig leaves together and, and made aprons, I'm sorry, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of Yahweh Elohim as they, as they were walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh Elohim amongst the trees of the garden. And Elohim, and Yahweh Elohim called unto the man and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And Yahweh Elohim said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. And Yahweh Elohim said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, 
Thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. He shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply, multiply thy pain and thy conception. In pain, thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it, Curse is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. And the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And the man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And Adam, I'm sorry, and Adam also, and to his wife, did Yahweh Elohim make coats of skin and clothe them. And Yahweh Elohim said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore Yahweh Elohim sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he, was, so he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. It's just a beautiful, I didn't even want to stop her. The story is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So there was a change. There was a disobedience. Don't touch the fruit, the tree in the midst of the garden. Eve touched it because she was beguiled of the serpent. Adam being her husband, willingly ate of the fruit himself. He willingly died for his bride. Because of the disobedience, Adam wasn't deceived. He knew what he was doing because Adam is representing Yahshua the Messiah, who will come into the flesh and die for his bride, which is the assembly, you and I, you see. So they, because of that, they were driven from the garden. They were driven from that heavenly state. And that is when time began. As I stated, that time, first creative age, was no time. There was no clock. There was no rotation of the sun if you will. So now that brings, it brought into a different time. There was a change. The change was denoted when in the scripture is stated that they were naked and were not ashamed. When they partook of the disobedience of Yahweh, they became carnal in their thinking then. They became aware of the flesh and they hid themselves. And Yahweh said, who told you you were naked? When they asked, why are you hiding? Because we're naked. Well, who told you that? You see, so that was a change because they never looked at themselves as being naked. 
They wasn't conscious of the flesh. There was no um, desire one of another, physically so. But Yahweh had given Adam a commandment and saying, be fruitful and multiply. But now angels or that heavenly state that they were in, they don't pre procreate. There was no desire of the flesh. So when Yahweh told them, be fruitful and multiply, then he knew they didn't have to come out of the garden to do that because they didn't even see one another physically so. So they had to go through that disobedience of Yahweh to come out and time began to move. In the zenith, as we were told through by this teaching, the sun began to go down, which was representative of that coming down of Yahshua the Messiah. You see, Adam being a type, Adam being the first man, Yahshua, and Yahshua being the second man. However, the scripture go, I'm trying to move along because I know my time is almost out. The point is, is that time then began. That age was over with, the creative age. The second age is the antediluvian age. Anti means before, diluvian means flood. Mm -hmm. So this is the age of consciousness. You see at the very top of that plate, it says in Adam all die. You see, and that's in Romans 5 and 12. Everybody's dead according to Yahweh's purpose because now that man had sin on him for the uh, disobedience of the law of Yahweh. And he was under that sin up until the time of Yahshua the Messiah. It's such a beautiful story. This particular age, people, the second age, was 1656 years long. Yahweh had a timetable. Remember, first age, creative age, no time. Now time begins. So this is the age of consciousness. And let me tell you, these three ages, there are physical, three physical ages in the purpose of Yahweh, antediluvian age, post-diluvian, present kingdom, three physical ages. It goes almost perfectly according to um, the, um, the makeup of a man or a child coming into the world. Those, these, these three ages can be looked upon as infancy, uh, adolescent, and adult. You see, now this is how he made me understand, because when I first started looking at the ages of dispensation coming into this class, I did not understand it. But let me have over there Romans 119 quickly and have that read. And this is the premise by which we base many, all things in this, in this uh, teaching. Yahweh is spirit. I didn't get into that. Maybe somebody else will, but he's spirit, incomprehensible, inscrutable. You see, he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. So we can't understand him in that spiritual way. So he takes the natural things of of him to understand the spiritual things. So go ahead and read that. That's Romans 1 and 19. Can you hear me? Okay. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh have shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and supernal nature so that they are without excuse. Okay, I just wanted that read. It takes the natural things to understand the spiritual things. That's the point that I wanted to make. So this age here, 2000 years long, 
is an approximate age, 2000. This particular age, which is the uh, antediluvian age is 1656 years. This age had Adam and Eve, their dispensation was coming in, uh, doing what they did, having children, you know, Noah and uh, Adam and, and having children, Noah and, Noah and the ark, you know, was in this particular age. This age was, uh, as I stated, 1656 years. An age is approximately 2000 years long. So this age is considered as a short age. If you can follow that point, an age being 2000 years long, approximately the antediluvian age, the age before the flood was 1656 years. That is short of 2000. So then the beginning was a short age, very significant in our understanding now, because mm -hmm. we come to understand that the end is declared from the beginning. So if it's in the beginning a short age, we have to see evidence of a short age in our present kingdom age, you see? And everything that's coming up right now is shortages. You see, that's why we're in this reflection now because it's typifying where we are in the purpose and plan of Yahweh according to the ages and dispensation. We're at the end of this thing. He has it highlighted, fourth age, the present kingdom age. So in the beginning, back to the antediluvian age, this is a world. Yahweh comes to Noah in the sixth chapter of Genesis. And he tells Noah that the end of all flesh has come before him. I'm gonna wrap it up because I know, like I said, time is out. Um, time is almost out. So I don't want to belabor it. I wanna get through these three ages. He says to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. I will give man in the antediluvian age, you can highlight that section again. He says, I will give man a hundred, his days will be 120. Yahweh put a timetable on it. So for 120 years, Noah had to preach. Yahweh showed him in a vision that it was going to rain. It had never rained on the face of the earth from the sky at this time of Noah. Never rained. There was a mist estates uh, in the garden uh, that came up from the mist of the garden. This is in the antediluvian age. I'm still there, not in this, um, in the post-diluvian. And so Noah then had to preach for 120 years. And everyone in that ark, Noah, his three sons, and their three wives, Noah, his wife, three sons, their three wives, eight souls entered into the ark and Yahweh closed the door. They were in the ark for seven days before the rain started. He told Noah through by the vision, Noah saw that the rains would fall from the sky and everything on the face of the earth would be destroyed in this water. It would be a flood like none other. Yahweh was ending this world. The reason he was ending, he said it just, it, um, it, it, um, 
and he repented that he had made the man. Man was evil. Man's thoughts were evil continually. This is what Yahweh said about Noah's day. And that's why he said the end of all flesh has come before me. I will end the world. Yahweh always said what he was going to do. So Noah being endowed with the spirit of Yahweh moved to make this ark. The ark was threefold. It had a most holy place, a holy place and a court roundabout. And all the animals, two by two, seven by seven, I'm sure I think it was another count too, I can't recall, went into the ark. The animals in the earth plane, the elephants, the lions, the tigers, and the bears, everything that was created by Yahweh, two by two, seven by seven, or whatever, don't quote me on the exact number of the ones that he had, male and female, because Yahweh was going to repopulate the earth. So he had them go in male and female, you see? And they can went in that ark by spirit law. Mm -hmm. Nobody, Adam, Adam didn't have to go out there. Noah did not have to go out there and riled up elephants and tigers and bears. They came to the ark by spirit law. Just like we came to the ark of safety or the knowledge of Yahshua. Mm -hmm. No one, did, we didn't come, you know, they didn't have to go out and pull us. Yahweh, we heard his name call us, just like those animals heard. They moved by spirit law into that ark. Yahweh places man where he wants them. Now they're in that ark and they close the door. That's the point. And the rains came upon the world and the whole world was destroyed. Everyone that wasn't in the ark died. That ark resurrected on Mount Arak. And we see a principle of the death by all mankind dying. Barrier, they were inundated. Barrier simply means to inundate, cover over in water. The resurrection is when the ark came up, resurrected, you see. So all of that took place. And going to this chart, you see that Noah preparation entering to the ark. The wicked was warned. They went into the ark. The door was closed by the hand of Yahweh. That's why we have scripture that says, seek Yahweh while he might be found. You see, we're coming up to this time. We're out of time. That's the point that he's showing me more and more. We're in a probationary period. Just like that period of time before the waters came, it's a probationary period. The world on the outside of Noah, of that ark, was probably saying that crazy man Noah. He was, uh, he was a wine, he did fields, you know, wine making. So he was just drunk, probably. You see what I'm saying? People don't believe us, what we say. Get into the ark of safety. The things that are coming upon this world are significant. They're Yahweh. He's talking to us. Go back to the Ages and Dispensation chart, please. That flood ended that age. Mm -hmm. When the waters receded and Noah came out of that ark and that dove did not come back, it's a long story. Read it when you have a moment. That ushered us into another age. It looked like it was just another day. After 40 days and 40 nights, the rain stopped. The sun came out. You wouldn't have known it was a different time. Everything that was going on in the antediluvian, that was over as far as Yahweh was concerned. 
Now we're in the post-diluvian. Post means after the flood. This is now the third age. This was a long age. This age was exceeded 2000. It was 2,377 years long. So it's a long age. We come to understanding that our physical body goes according to this, the antediluvian age representing your hand. The post-diluvian age represents your, um, your lower part of your arm up to your elbow. That part of your arm is longer than any other part of your arm. And the present kingdom represents that part coming up to your shoulder from your elbow coming on up to your shoulder. And that was the part that went into the body, talking about your arm, because your arm is an extremity. So went into the body is representing of where we are right now. We're talking about we want to be in the body of Yahshua and Messiah. Those two bones, again, the hand, and then the lower part of your arm, there's two bones. The one the, uh, the upper part of your bar, arm has one bone. So then you have bone, B-O-N-E, B-1. That's what bone, you can see out of bone. Yahshua comes in and say, let them be one as you and I are one. You see, so that one bone goes into the body. You see, Yahweh has this whole thing wrapped up. His purpose is on everything, even your physical body. What ages you're in is on your physical body. So again, post-diluvian age, long age. In that age was the law giving. You can see the noadic covenant, you know, the um, the human government power of Babel, all of that building, Melchizedek, the Abrahamic kingdom and priesthood, the physical kingdom of Israel, law of cardinal ordinances, the divinic covenant, the law is fulfilled. All of this is happening in within the 2377 years of the post-Diluvian age. Now this age had to end too. Now I'm going to stop right there and I want you to look at it from a child, a baby standpoint. A baby is likened into the antediluvian age, the age of consciousness, a baby coming to be conscious of everything, if you would. And he's doing certain things. You tell a baby over and over. When I have my, my little grandson over, I said, no, don't touch that. Don't touch that. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We say all of that to that child. That's likened to Adam and Eve. Don't touch of the fruit in the midst of the garden. It's like an infancy, if you would. You see? Then that child grows up into an adolescent. You see, as an infant, they play with toys, play cars, play doll babies. As an adolescent, they move into that. Now they're mommies themselves, they're whatever. Then they grow up, which is likened into the present kingdom age or the adult, infant, adolescent, adult. Now, the reason that you can understand, this is how taking the natural things to understand the spirit things, is that if you look at a physical child's age and his disposition or dispensation, as an infant, he does one thing. As an adolescent, he does another thing that's different than when he was, was an infant. As an adult, he's doing something different than he was as an adolescent. So his infant age ended. His adolescent age period ended. 
That's why you can see now that he's moving on into perfection as an adult. So what he was allowed and what was lawful in the antediluvian age is not lawful in the post-diluvian. The age has ended. That's how you can understand Yahweh's spiritual ages. They end. They begin, then they end. Our ages begin and end. We don't stay the same age throughout our lifetime. You see what I'm saying? So Yahweh is saying, take these natural things to understand the spiritual things of him. So Yahshua the Messiah was born in that post-Dilubian age. Yahshua the Messiah was born under that law to redeem them that was under the law. Yahshua the Messiah came in to rid man of the sin brought on by Adam in the garden. That's why I said Adam, the sin traveled on the for mankind until the Yahshua Messiah. He had to die, bury, and resurrect. That's why you see that cross there. When he died, buried, and resurrected and poured out his spirit, people, we're in another age. Thank you. I see your bell. We're in another age. If you can just go right back to the ages and dispensation. I have five minutes. We are now in the fourth age, which is the present kingdom age. This is a spiritual kingdom. In every kingdom, there is a king. There is Yahshua Messiah. He took off the flesh in the post-Diluvian age and ushered us into the present kingdom age. But he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send another comfort and he will abide with you forever. Guess what? The king, Yahshua Messiah, the only potent, is reigning on his throne right now. Where is that throne? It's supposed to be in your heart and in your mind. That's what your head cavity is typified. As for the kingdom of Yahweh, it's supposed to be dwelling right there because he removed all the physical things and ways of worshiping him. And he tells us now we worship him in spirit and in truth. Our worship is to believe that he did the work. That's what he accepts of us and expects of us. That's what's pleasing to him. It is the Holy Spirit through faith. We talked about faith earlier. You don't establish faith on your own. You just can't buy faith. You, faith has to be proven to you. Faith is a repetition operation of Yahweh throughout the ages and dispensation. We are now in this present kingdom age. As I stated to you, the antediluvian age was the first physical age where time began. Post-diluvian age is that next period of time where there was laws and ordinances. The present kingdom age is now our present current age. This is where we reside in. The scripture says the end is declared from the beginning. So this age too has ended. Dr. Kenley said, the founder of this school, this age ended in 1960. Now you got to come back for that. We're in a probationary period. There was 1,656 years short of 2,000, if you would, in the antediluvian, 2377 in the post-diluvian, present kingdom age ended in 1960. And you have to find out, ask Yahweh. We'll go over it more if Yahweh permits us to do so. But this age has ended. We are now in a probationary period according to Yahweh, purpose and plan.
There is a law, but it's spiritual. There is a way of worship, but it's now spiritual. The scripture in Colossians says, touch not, taste not. No more eating crackers and grape juice. No more getting Dunkin' in water to rid your body of sin. No more Lord's suppers. No more tithing. None of that was never given to us anyhow. Right now, we worship Yahweh in spirit and in truth, which is in our heart and mind. Yahshua the Messiah came in at the end of the post-Diluvian age to die the death. He came in at the end of 4,000 years when you add 1656 and 2344, actually, plus is, is uh, 77, 33 years of Yahshua the Messiah comes out to be 4,000 years. It includes his death. I'm sorry, it includes his life. It's actually 4,033 years, which includes the 33 years of his life. So he comes in at the end of that 4,000th year, right on time, just like the sun in the sky was placed in the sky on the fourth day. In Yahshua's purpose, we understand zeros have no value. So 4, 40, 4,000, same principle. The principle is four. So the fourth day that the sun was placed in the sky represents him coming in at the end of the 4,000 year. The same four principle. Right on time, he comes. And his revelation will be right on time too. We are now at this time that Yahweh has allowed us to be recipients of this gospel, to learn of him as he really is and actually exists, to take him in your heart and mind. Dr. Kinley talks about seeking after Yahweh while he may be found, knowing him and understanding him. Brethren, I, I encourage you with the times that is that's coming upon this earth plane. It's not to scare anyone. It's not to talk doomsday because we're not looking at death. We're looking at going on. We're looking at moving from our living room to our dining room. It's effortlessly, you know, but we're looking towards life and life more abundantly you know, in the spirit, in the love, in the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah forevermore. I encourage you to continue on. Don't be discouraged with the things that are going on in the world. Yahweh has given us strength to endure it. He is increasing his sons in this last day and age. You got manna, double portion. This is what we've got as the children of Israel had to collect that manna because on the seventh day he rested and we're coming upon the rest of this world, you know, physically so. But our life, our life for us continues on in the immortality of Yahshua Messiah. I hope it wasn't too jumble. I hope someone got something out of it. And if you did, all praises and glory goes to Yahshua Messiah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Lewis, for the beautiful testimony. And for our next speaker, it's an honor and pleasure to call on from our Detroit class, Dr. Wanda Decker. Dr. Decker. Good afternoon, everyone. <clears throat> I truly, truly, truly was enjoying the testimony and the words and the encouragement of the previous speaker. I mean, you couldn't help but feel it. Um, I'm not going to be on long. I had surgery on my uh, throat and 
one of the nerves isn't working right yet. I can't move my, I don't have full range uh, in my mouth yet. So I'm going to be just real brief, but I just wanted to share something. <clears throat> uh, we, Yahshua has given, Yahweh Elohim has given us a definite way to know him. He has given us something to stand on. He backs his doctrine with witnesses upon witness. The teaching that we have that he has given us, we don't back down because we have a sure foundation. We can stand. We're coming up on this uh, <clears throat> holiday time, uh, the big boy Christmas. And you know, you hear all these terms and things. We going into Advent and 12th night and the 12 days of Christmas is just a mess. But you know, I've taken, Yashua has allowed me to be in a position working at the Salvation Army where a lot of literature comes through and a lot of religious literature comes through. And he, look, I'd be grabbing it too. Especially, you know, so I can learn. We, we were told. Uh, that's one of our aims is to uh, investigate. I don't know. Uh, what the person who is controlling the screen, I don't know if they have the ability to look this word up or not. But what I have here, and I know you guys can't see it, it's this little purple book called Biblical Advent Homilies, okay? And this Biblical Advent Homily is supposed to help explain and get the Christian ready for the uh holiday season when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But they have a foreword. They have a, this book, it says they have a thing, two things. One is an imprimatur and the other is a Nihil Obstat. Now these are two official declarations that a book, I'm, I'm kind of reading from what's in here. Now, this is their own definition. And let me back up a little bit. The first one is called the Nihil Obstat, N-I-H-I-L, first word. Second word, O-B-S-T-A-T. -T. And this is a Roman Catholic Church doctrine. And that official declaration, the Nihil Obstat, was given by Reverend Jean F. Gianelli. Uh, and this, I guess his title was a censor librorum. And again, this is preparing for this Christmas season. Excuse me. Oh, somebody has it. If somebody could read that for me. Uh, oh. This is from Merriam-Webster Dictionary Online. Yes. Uh, this is Nihil Opstat, uh, the certification 
by an official minister of the Roman Catholic Church that a book has been examined and found to contain nothing opposed to faith and morals. Okay. Uh, this one takes it a bit further. It says, this is in their book now, the Nihil Opstat and the Imprimatur. And if you could get Imprimatur, uh, Lauren, the Nihil Opstat and the Imprimatur are official yeah. declarations a. that a book or pamphlet is free of doctrinal or moral error. An imprimatur is spelled I M P A R I. Okay, I can't see. Yeah. Okay, could you read that for me? Imprimatur, sanction, approval, imprint a mark of approval or distinction, a license to print or publish, especially by Roman Catholic Episcopal authority, approval of a publication under circumstances of official censorship. Okay, thank you. Now, <clears throat> now that everybody's got a chance to see that, I am going to read from uh, the first page in this book, Biblical Advent Homilies. It says, the, again, repeating, the Nihil Opstat and Imprimatur are official declarations that a book or pamphlet is free of doctrinal or moral error. No implication is contained therein that those who have granted the Nihil Opstat or Imprimatur agree with the contents, opinions, or statements expressed. So that, that is just absolutely useless. You're saying this book and the information and the doctrine and the morals contained therein are free of moral and doctrinal error, but then you turn right around and say, but we ain't backing it, not really. Uh, we, we are saying we agree with the contents, opinions, or statements expressed. What kind of found, what kind of foundation is that to have to stand on? Okay. And then we get to, you know, how a book is dedicated. This is the get dedication to Mary, immaculately conceived with a prayer to St. Bernard, with special appreciation again for Pope John Paul II. Jesus ain't nowhere in there, okay? This is supposed to be about him, but they don't even put him in, in the mix. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't talk much more. I'm struggling through this. There was more that I wanted to say but I'm have oh, one thing I do want to say is that when they get into the explaining the weeks of Advent, the first week of Advent month, it's got certain cycles. They don't talk about Christians. They talk about the Jews. They go back to Moses and talk about the Jews. 
They even have the nerve to say in here, well, I'll just read it. This is under the first week of Advent on a Monday. And it says, uh, this is just down into the uh, explanation. It says, Isaiah uttered this prophecy during one of the most troubling periods of salvation history. Fidelity to Yahweh's covenant was waning. Immortality, social justice, hypocrisy, greed, and abuses in worship were threatening the very life of Judah. They're not even talking uh, a separate Christian religion. They're going back to Yahweh, and they even said it. Gave to the Jews. So with that, I just wanted to say how we just need to be told tap dancing happy that we have a real foundation to That's stand right. on. That's right. And with that, I'm going to yield the floor. Thank you for the time. Love you, brother. And we got to hold on to each other. Mm -hmm. Like the previous sister was saying, if you think it's bad now, ooh, hold on to your boots. Everybody stay safe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Decker, for that beautiful testimony. And we wish you a speedy recovery. And for our next speaker, it's an honor and pleasure to call on also from our Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. Dorian Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Good uh, afternoon, class. And I, I have thoroughly enjoyed today. Lawanda, no, Lawanda and I were on the international class this morning at six or seven, whatever So I spoke then, and I just knew I was going to be good. Like Yashua was going to have to do it. But it's Yashua done speaking. So, uh, Dr. Lewis, you're going, you're kind of muffled and going in and out. Okay, give me one second. Hold on. Uh, hold on one second. I don't know if I can do this. You sound, you sound better now. Can you hear me now? Yes. Does sound okay? Sounds good. All right. Sorry, I got these earbuds. So anyway, I've enjoyed class, and like the other buses, I'm very thankful you was given this opportunity to uh, come to learn of him again. So now, uh, we go back to the ages and dispensation dispensation for a second. As the previous speaker was going through and showing how Yahweh has a timetable and how his, that's one of the things, it was one of the things that sets this school apart, that the school is based on the vision that Dr. Kinley had, that he claimed that Yahweh ever gave him. And uh, he said it was Yahweh showed him in this vision, how that he, everything is operating by pattern, that Yahweh Elohim is the pattern. Because you see it right up there too, uh, top of the chart creation abides within Yahweh for eternity. And you see this uh, cloud. Most of us, I think most people here, there's no visitors on. The, um, this cloud, you see that this is, a, this is a feature on many of the charts, not all of them, almost all. And that cloud represents eternity. And uh, 
um, that fiery cloud. And again, this is not just something we're pulling out of thin air. This cloud is stipulated or, or talked about in the Bible. That Yahweh said he would dwell in the cloud. There's a cloud by day and a fiery pillar by night. So we have it depicted. Dr. Kinley talked about making these charts. He couldn't always show everything they wanted to show. So he has it depicted as a fiery red cloud. You understand? And that's represents Yahweh and his pure spirit state. And also eternity. Yahweh being eternal. Yahweh is not bound by what we consider time. You understand? And uh, so if you see on this chart, this cloud, now, uh, it surrounds the edges of this chart. And it says, uh, creation of eyes within Yahweh or eternity. As the previous speaker already went through, you have on the left side beginning, right side ending. At the bottom, you have the cloud symbolizing eternity. So it's to show forth that Yahweh is eternal. And that time, this blue section, blue rectangle you see here, this is actual time as we know it. And Yahweh's purpose carrying out the ages, which is a delineation of time, dispensations. Uh, and you see that this blue section, which represents time, is within the cloud. Time is encapsulated within eternity. In other words, this starts in, that's what that beginning and ending means. That's the beginning and ending of time, not the beginning and ending of eternity. Because by definition, eternity has no beginning. That's a hard concept to really grasp, you know, infinity, eternity. It's for, for most mortal minds, most of us, you know, some real smart people. Scientists try to try to get to, you know, think about the vastness of space. They don't know an end to it. So for all intents and purposes, infinite or eternal. You understand? And so anyway, uh, so this cloud represents Yahweh or eternity. Yahweh is not bound by time as we are. We are bound by, by time. And uh, as a proof speaker went through, these ages and dispensations that Yahweh has set forth, he is controlling and doing specific things in each of these ages and each of these dispensations. So, uh, and just like you and I, see, that's what we get from. We are made in the likeness and image of Yahweh. You have, as she already went through, you have certain ages or dispensations or, as she said, dis dispositions in your life. As a child, there are certain things that are appropriate for a child to do that are not appropriate for an adult because that's two different dispensations, two different uh, dispositions you should have at the different states, different points in your life. So I guess all I'm trying to say is that Yahweh set up his purpose to work exactly like that. And so as she said, we are now in this fourth age, uh, present kingdom age, spiritual kingdom on earth, the spiritual assembly, body of Yahshua, the Holy Spirit through faith, Pentecost, spirit law, and you see New Testament or New Covenant. So now get me uh, Jeremiah 31. So we can see where we're at and what our disposition should be in this age. That's Jeremiah 31:31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel 
and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. I don't know if you guys can hear me. I just, uh, I lost it. You are pretty low. You want me to continue? I'm sorry, I, I lost, I couldn't even hear you for a second there. Okay. All right, just read one more time. Okay. Right. Sure. Just, go ahead. Okay, Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Right, so this, now this, uh, if you don't know what you're talking about, that this is a school, you gotta do your own study and your own research. He said, the day will come where I make a new covenant. It won't be according to this old covenant that I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand and bring them out of the land of Egypt. So he's talking about what's called Mosaic law, or people commonly call it the Ten Commandments law, and these were the law that had physical ordinances and statutes and things to do. He said, "Now this is the funny thing about it is when he's saying this, what we're reading here in Jeremiah, it's under that law. While that law was in effect, while that law, he's foretelling while that law is in effect that it won't always be in effect. That he's going to make a new covenant." And it won't be according to this one that's currently in effect. He's speaking here. And this is Yahweh or the Lord. This is the creator thing. That there's going to be a change. See, you got these people out here that's trying to go back. <laughs> and go back to how it used to be. I mean, you even got some people that's literally trying to go back to sacrificing animals and setting up this tabernacle again, that structure they had out there with altars and sacrificing animals yeah. yeah all of that's just a misunderstanding and that's mass carbon here's yahweh saying it thousands of years ago that he's going to make a new cup it won't mm -hmm. be according to this old cup go ahead and read which might i'm sorry 32 not according to the covenant that i made with their fathers in the day when i took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of egypt which my covenant they break they broke Although, it anyway mm -hmm. Although I was a husband unto them, saith Yahweh, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts. And now, right let me stop. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna stop you right there. You see these things, this is what we had to learn. And I think the vast majority of us learned it after coming into this school. Yahweh had it took a vision to make a seat. Look at all of these words. He said, after those days, what days? That's what you should be asking. There's a prophetic book. You gotta read the book to find out what days he's talking. He's talking mm -hmm. about after the death, burial, resurrection. You see it right here on the chart. That line where the cross is. After those days, death, burial, excuse me, the life, the birth, the life, the death. Burial resurrection and ascension of Yahshua Messiah. But when this promised Messiah would come in and he would fulfill, that's what we talked about in the earlier class this morning, he would fulfill all that was written under that old covenant. He would satisfy the requirements of it. Because we just heard right there what she just read, 
they couldn't do it. Israel couldn't do it. You got Paul to talk about it. It was an imposition on them. It wasn't, you know, you got people jumping under the law. Now nah, I keep the law. <laughs> you know, I want to be on. And Paul talked about that too. He's like, you know, even the Gentiles, they just want to be under a law. They think that's where the righteousness is. But Israel couldn't do it. It was an imposition on them. Paul called it a taskmaster. You know what a taskmaster is? You know, some of us think our bosses are taskmasters, right? That's not something you want to be under, willing. And I remember uh, back in the day, Dr. Eugene Brazil used to demonstrate this physically. He said it was an imposition on him. So he would go up to somebody sitting and we we're in class in the physical building. He would go up to them sitting in their seat and, you know, lightly, but he would demonstrate. He would put his knee on their chest. Like this is an imposition. It's being forced mm. on you. That's not something that you want. You understand? So that's what the, that old mosaic law that was the statutes of covenant, thou shalt not and thou shalt not. See? And it was put on them to be. A, a taskmaster to teach them that they could not work out their own salvation. They could not accomplish their own salvation. So go ahead and read. I'm to stop. Okay. Um, okay. 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. Right. And they shall, right. mm -hmm. and they shall teach no more every neighbor, every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know ye Yahweh, for right. they all, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith Yahweh. Right. For now, I will, so, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Thank you. Mm -hmm. with that last verse. So you see now Yahweh said, but this shall be the covenant that he's gonna he's gonna bring to them after he takes this old one out. After those days, just establish those days are birth, life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension and outpouring of the Holy Spirit. After he comes in and he fulfills all the requirements of that old law of that uh old covenant he fulfills the requirements because they could they could so he met he met the requirements of he satisfied the requirements of that old covenant because israel couldn't and neither could us gentiles who just wanted to be under because we thought that was right we still failed at it miserably because it was not designed to be kept in that matter you understand we always use that uh one example. There are more than this example. There's this one example we use because it is an easy one and it's a conundrum. You know, I think I heard uh I can't remember. Uh, some I was listening to some Christian uh, or reading something about them. Uh, I can't anyway, they mentioned that. <laughs> they mentioned how that that's a conundrum. Like this what I'm about to talk about. Everybody knows what it is. So if under the law, a child had to be circumcised eight days after the born. But if your child is born on what is it, Friday, then that means the eighth day from when they were born, which you have to circumcise them under that law, would be the Sabbath. All the Sabbath is you can't do any work. Now, you think children just wasn't born on Fridays back then? <laughs> it, it probably happened fairly often, you see. 
So you was going to break one law or the other. Couldn't do them both. You see, and like I said, there are more. There are other examples of that too. You see, and uh, one of the vessels this morning was talking about that. How it was just, it was a constant imposition. She talked about when a woman's on her cycle, she had to go to another tent. She had to move without the camp. She couldn't. You understand? It was all kinds of stuff. You know, so it was. She, she had a couple other examples. It was just like every aspect of their life was governed by, it. and it wasn't in position so much so to the fact that they wore a little paper, uh, little bits of papers with bits of the law written on it. They wore this like bracelets and things like that so they can remind you, so they can know what, well, should I do? They got to consult it. It's like walking around with a little handbook. Oh, well, now we got the phones, right? So you have an app on your phone. Let me consult the law app. <laughs> Let's see if I can do this now. You understand? That's how much it governed every aspect of their life. You see, so that was, and Yahweh did it in that in that way. As a schoolmaster, Paul said, to teach them or to feed them up to Yahshua. And so in, in Jeremiah, Yahweh says, the new covenant that I make after those days, after Yahshua comes in and fills this old law, it will not be according to that old covenant. And he said, he write it in there. Read that, like that, that verse. Mm -hmm. uh, that, Jeremiah 31 and um, 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts. Right. And write it in their hearts. So he's going to put it in their inward parts. Whereas before, like I said, they had those are little bits of scripture they wore called black. Look it up for yourself. If you got a study Bible, it might have my Bible had a little picture of it. It was like braces they wore around and, and things they wore around their head, little boxes that had little scraps of paper with. It's a law written up. And so that was on the outside of them. So Yahshua says, this new covenant, he's going to write it in their hearts. Or in other words, it's going to be a part of it. something's in your heart. You, it, it's second nature. We use that term. You understand? You don't have to think about it. You don't have to consult the book or the app. You understand? It's there. And what it is is the Holy Spirit in you. You understand? So then, uh, I don't know where this scripture is, but uh, you find the one that says, let this mind be in you that was inside. Uh, I'm sure. I believe it's in Philippians. Yes, it's in Philippians. Yes, this is um, Philippians 2 and 5. You want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you. Which was it? Which was also in Yahshua the Messiah. Go ahead. Who, being in the form of Yahweh, thought it not robbery to be equal with Yahweh, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was right. made mm -hmm, and was made in the likeness of men. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the, of the cross. Wherefore, wherefore Yahweh also hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Yahshua, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Mm -hmm. 
and that every tongue should confess that Yahshua, the Messiah, is Yahweh, to the glory of Yahweh, the Father. So now, what I say was this law, or this spirit law, if you can go to the, uh, or it says it right here on this chart, under the fourth, uh, present kingdom age, you see Pentecost, big red letters, under that you see spirit law. You understand? That's being governed. Go to the, um, you know, the cardinal ordinance chart. That's being governed by the Holy Spirit. And so that's what Paul's talking about here. Let this mind be in you that was in Joshua, you see, is, uh, see, uh, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. He, sub he was subject to the Father. Willing, it says that he humbled himself to the Father. You understand? Willing. And what we didn't understand was that before coming to a knowledge of Yahshua Messiah, we was we we would walk around thinking we were being humble, but we were uh 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 that's a word I can't think of. We were but we were against enmity, you see, against Yahweh, thinking we're doing right, but but doing exactly the opposite of what he said. And doing it obstinately too. Like I I, I know I'm doing right, or you know, whatever you know how people are and how we were. For Yahweh, whatever, whether you was in a religious situation or you had a, a some type of religious ideology, or you didn't, you just thought you were. I'm out here doing the best I can do, and you understand, completely going against what Yahweh says is right. And these are the things that we learn in the world. You see, so Yahweh has to come and get us, and through the preaching of the gospel, you understand, you learned about Yahshua. Yahshua is going to put His Holy Spirit in you. You, be, you, as Paul said, I die daily. You decrease what you thought, what I want. And me, 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 previous speakers talked about that too. Our thoughts, you understand? Our wills, you understand? And you submit yourself to the will of Yahweh. You understand? As Yahshua Messiah, not as I will, but as you will. You understand? And that is uh, the law of the Spirit operating. You don't have to fight against it. Now, does that mean you're going to be perfect? We always got to throw that in there, right? No, you're not going to be perfect in the flesh. You, you, you accept the chastisement of the Holy Spirit. That's a big one. You know, that I've been learning a lot about. <laughs> yeah, sure we all have, right? You accept it instead of bucking up against it and That's kicking right. again and, and being angry about it. Mm -hmm. You accept the chastisement of Yahshua. You understand it's done in love. It's done to mm -hmm. food. You understand? So uh, you continue, you know, you, know, you don't become dejected. I think it's a scripture Paul talks about that too. You get basically for lack of a better word, I can't remember how he phrased it. You get depressed about the chastisement. You get, you get angry about it. You get you accepted. That is, and if you when you find yourself doing that, you recognize what that is operating when, when you find yourself submitting to okay, Yahweh, what is what are you showing? You recognize that that's Yahshua. You understand? Subjecting to the will of Father. Making stopping. And pay attention. So that's this present kingdom age that where we're supposed to be now. You understand? We're supposed psychologically and spiritually. Oh, am I going out? I don't know. Let me see. You know what I'm going to do? Can you guys hold on one second? I'm going to switch twice. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes.
I'm sorry. There. Huh? You sound clear there. Okay. All right. I'll just keep going. Uh, so that's where we're supposed to be right now is in this present kingdom age. Now, just like in the uh, flesh, we talked about Romans 1, 19 and 20. You have natural things to understand spiritual things, right? Just like in the flesh, you see some people that are of a certain age or whatever it may be. And their behavior does not match that, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some of it's because maybe they're, uh, maybe they are just immature. Yeah. Some of it's because they may be developmentally delayed or disabled or whatever. But you have this representation of people who uh, are not where they should be psychologically and spiritually for the age that they're at. They're not age appropriate. And so you have that in the flesh to represent that you're going to have that in the spirit. You're going to have some people that, and that's where you out here still trying to keep the law, trying to work upon your own salvation and ignoring death, burn, resurrection of Yahshua Messiah. You are developmentally delayed. You understand? Mm -hmm. Dr. Kenley used the word uh, for it that is not politically correct anymore. He said you were retarded, spiritually retarded. Or stunted growth, you understand? You see? And that's what uh, happens. To us. We are continuing to try to work upon our own salvation and establish our own righteousness. We can get that scripture real quick. Uh, going about to establish their own righteousness, and I'm, I don't like it. I don't understand. I'm gonna try to switch the question. Is that in Romans or Corinthians? That's Romans 10 and 3. Romans 10 and 3. I'll start at 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to Yahweh is for Israel is that they might be saved. Right. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of Yahweh, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness, excuse me, and going about to establish their own righteousness, mm -hmm. have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Yahweh. Right. And so, you see what he says? So being ignorant, and I, at one point, at some time, all of us was that way, being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness and going about to establish our own righteousness. Now, you see what we're talking about, what he said? They have not submitted themselves to the righteousness that is of Yahweh. And that's what we just talked about, submitting yourself to Yahweh, humbling ourselves to Yahweh. You see, just as Paul talked about with Yahshua, Yahweh, Yahshua humbled himself to the will of the Father. You understand? So when we are ignorant of the way, or this is the way, uh, you know, I always try to put things in, in a way that's not so biblical. I don't know, some uh, cornbread terms, I guess. You, we have we have to look 
and see what standards are we living by. Are we just, are, are we, what, where's our concept of right and wrong come from? Does it come from the world or is it what Yahweh says is right and wrong? Do you see what I'm saying? Those two things are going to be diametrically opposed. They're going to be complete opposites. You see, the world will tell you to do X, Y, Z. Is that what y'all always telling you to do? You see, and so that's why we come to class. That's why we do this two hours, three times a week, and sometimes more. And we're seeking out to learn of Yahweh so that we can have all this stuff that's been pumped into us our entire lives corrected and learn about Yahweh's way. We want to live by Yahweh's standard. What does he say is right? You understand? It sounds like it sounds good. It makes sense to say, I want, I'm going to try to live a just and righteous life unto the Lord. And the people out there ain't playing. A lot of them are sincere about it. They just don't understand. And that's what, read that one more time, April. Look at, listen to the words that he says. Uh-huh. Romans 10 and 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to Yahweh for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of Yahweh, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness. Right, that's what I want, being uh -huh. ignorant. Uh -huh. It means you don't know. You're ignorant of it. And doing what? For they, being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. I was never trying to establish my own righteousness. I was living by the Ten Commandments law. I was, first of all, <laughs> you ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness and not understanding that the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua, or Jesus, as we once called him, moved that out of the way. <laughs> you see? So you were trying to go back and perform... Um, it's like trying to, we all, most of us are here all grown now, right? Been out of school for a long time, maybe not out of college for a long time. It's like you're trying to go back to 10th grade and take a test again. Like, that's done. What are you doing? <laughs> you can't go back, you see. But we want to go jump back under that and do it again. You see, you can't do that. You got to take the way Yahweh gives it. He said that's out. And so now is to, this new covenant, under this new covenant, it is, uh, Faith in Yahshua Messiah, you understand? And having the Holy Spirit in you and living by the Holy Spirit in you. Finish that up one more time. And I think I'm done for real. Mm -hmm. Third verse. For they, being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Yahweh. For the Messiah is the end of right. the law. For the obtaining of righteousness to everyone that believeth. Right. The end of the law, he's talking about the Mosaic law, for the obtaining of righteousness to everyone that believeth on Yahshua Messiah. And believe what? That he actually accomplished it. I used to ask this question to myself all the time. I ain't dare say it out loud, but, you know, it's like, you know, um, it's when I first started really paying attention in class and thinking about the things that are said. You know, I've said it many times, I was like, a, even though I've been in this class my whole life, I was really an, an, an agnostic. I didn't really believe you, know, like there's some man up in the sky and, you know, Noah, some old man with a big old boat and all these things. I just was like that, don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think it's a myth like Thor and Zeus and all that other stuff, you know. And so anyway, 
people will say, you know, uh, well, Yahshua saved you. And I would think to myself, like, save me from what? <laughs> like, I ain't that bad off. I ain't no worse off than anybody else. What did I need to be saved from? Not understanding, you know, and I thank Yahshua daily for, daily for linking at my ignorance or not, you know. Just uh, he did, he deals with our ignorance a lot. And I thank Yahshua for his long suffering and patience. But I didn't understand that. I had a set standard for myself that I thought was right. And it was wrong as two left shoes. You understand? Even it, being able to deal with your own daily issues psychologically, you understand? And there's a reason that uh, you see it manifest in the world right now. People are troubled. <laughs> you understand? They are tr psychologically troubled now because the standards that they're living by and essentially what they're trying uh, I don't know no other way to say it. The spirit that they are subjecting themselves to is a satanic spirit. You understand? We had that scripture read earlier today too about the, oh, was that today? Was that this class? The fruits of the spirit. You understand what they are and the fruits of uh, the unrighteousness, lasciviousness and all that kind of stuff. That's what you see in the world. And you're seeing it magnified to the point where you, you can't deny it. I don't care who you are, Christian, Muslim, you understand? Atheists, it don't matter. Black, white, you can't deny that there's something going on with the state of mankind and their mind and the way that they think, you see. And the only way out of it is Yahshua Messiah, you understand, is, is, is uh, falling in line or being subjected to the will of the Father. Um, as Paul said, let this mind be in you that is in the Messiah. And, he, he, uh, and, and then also he just said, uh, was it this, just the scripture, April, where he said, uh, is not according to knowledge. That was just this one we just read, right? I believe so. Um, them, them having the zeal of Yahweh, but not according to knowledge. They go yes. about to establish their own righteousness. So, yes. so that's the thing. See, we go about saying, we thought that was okay. You know why? Because everybody else in the world does it. Go about to establish their own righteousness. You go to the church of your choice, the religion of your choice. Hey, and you see that manifesting the word. Do whatever you want. You don't want to be a man anymore, be a woman. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Instead of saying, it doesn't matter. You can be what you want to be, you see. Not understanding that Yahweh has a design purpose. That's what I started with, a design purpose and a pattern and a plan that he's operating by. And one of the ways I used to, Yahweh helped me understand it is that thing, Yahweh's purpose, pattern, and plan is like a freight train. You ain't going to stop it no matter how mad you are about it. So your best, best bet is to get on board. You understand? And go with it because you're not going to stand on the tracks and stop. It. You understand? Because you don't like it. You see? So um, coming to these classes and trying to learn about Yahshua, you understand? And asking Yahshua to humble us in our hearts and our mind to him, to him. That will solve a lot of our issues that we all deal with individually, it will, it will, it will solve them by putting yourself in, in subjection to Yahweh and not trying to do your own thing, you understand? Right. And becoming one, as Joshua said, um, Father, make them one as you and I are one. And he's, you know, you and me and I and you and they and us, it was all, you know, he, he would say that. And, uh, uh, and that's, that's that marriage, you understand? Yahshua being the husbandman, and we are the bride. And what happens is this, 
from a natural standpoint. Y'all would just put witnesses in the earth plane. So I ain't, you know, for any women who got the hyphenated name or didn't take their husband's name, whatever. It's a principle. I'm not talking about the physical. Do what you want to do. But the principle is when people get married, the woman takes the husband, takes the man's name. That's like her taking his identity, you understand, or becoming one with him or subjecting now who she was, her maiden name, that's gone. She left that behind and she became one with her husband. And that's what we're supposed to be doing spiritually is becoming one with Yahshua. Forget that's what right. you used to be and who you who you thought you was. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And what your purpose was. You understand? And you follow your husband who is Yahshua Messiah. You understand? And as the scripture says, trusting Yahweh with all your heart. And lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And that's what we want is Yahweh to direct our paths because I don't know about y'all, but whenever I'm trying to run it, I keep running into walls and crashing and <laughs> driving off of cliffs. And so um, I just, I, I much, much prefer Yahshua directing my paths. You understand? So with that, I would say hallelujah and praise Yahshua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Lord, for that beautiful testimony. We have about three minutes left. Are there any questions or comments from our Zoom participants? Uh, I do want to say a couple of things. This is April. And I was reading um, uh, Dr. Kenley's last transcript. And, um, December 21st, um, 1975, and it's titled, um, The Importance of Coming to School and Being Obedient, and Why to Be in Constant and Regular in Your Attendance. And I just want to just, just name a few things that, that he mentioned. And he said, be constant and regular in your attendance. Try to learn as much as you can because you need it. He said, um, you need to keep it because the gospel will keep you steadfast and it will keep you grounded. Um, you won't be able to, to move it. You won't be able to be removed from the faith. He said, come to school and be punctual. Invite somebody. He said, be patient with them. And he said, be very careful with them and try to persuade them to come to class. He also said that if you really want to be saved, you have to open up your eyes. Yeah. He said, um, if you are in regular attendance, and excuse my emotions, but Yahshua is amazing. He said, if you are regular in your mm. attendance, and if you listen to the gospel, Yes. Yahweh will give you some wisdom. That's right. And he will give you some understanding. He said that we're right down to the end where everything you can read in the Bible is taking place. He said Matthew 24, 24th chapter is very important as everything else in the Bible, but Matthew 24 is telling us something. Dr. Kenley said that he was the man that Yahweh sent in the world in the last days to teach you the truth. He said that we were the ones, the ones with the truth, that Matthew 24 
is talking about to carry this gospel in all of the world. Mm. He said, you have come down to the place where you have got to be diligent in your search in order to learn anything. Right. I just want to just give encouragement, brother. We have to be diligent because he said he is going to reward us. That's right. And I, I believe that today. Yeah. I believe that. So ask Joshua to reveal himself to you because he will. He's not a respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. He revealed himself to me. I know that he's real. And I thank him so much, so much. I give him my life. I thank him for giving me the understanding. This is, this is just beautiful, but stay in class, keep, be punctual, and please be diligent in your search because we will, Yahweh will reward us. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Lewis, for those closing remarks, beautiful admonishment to our brethren. That brings a conclusion to our lecture this uh, morning. We hold classes, Zoom classes, on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. and on every other Sunday from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Our in-person classes are held from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and we will notify um, members of our upcoming in-person classes via email. Once again, we thank everyone for coming out to the lecture, and we sincerely hope you enjoyed the lecture. May we all arise in our hearts and minds for doxology. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the own wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all times now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah.